Welcome to the Inside Rare Diseases monthly podcast from Centergene, where we are on a mission for life-changing answers. I'm your host, Ben Legg, and today we are discussing the benefits of genetic testing. On our last episode, we were talking about how genetics can close the gap for those looking for answers about rare diseases. And this month, we wanted to look at this a bit more closely with some guests who have had direct experiences with genetic testing. For our first guest, I am delighted to announce that Professor Peter Bauer, MD, is joining us again today. And to briefly recap for those who didn't catch our most recent episode, Peter serves as the Chief Medical and Genomic Officer at Centergene and has authored more than 250 peer-reviewed publications in neurogenetics, oncogenetics, cardiogenetics, and sequencing technology. I'm even more pleased to announce that we've actually even managed to twist Peter's arm into agreeing to join us for future episodes as well, of course, as his busy schedule allows. So thank you, Peter, and welcome back. Yeah, thanks, Ben, and welcome, everybody. So glad to be here. Well, it is a pleasure. Uh, our second guest today is Taylor Kane. Now, Taylor is a carrier of a condition called X-linked adrenoleukodystrophy, or ALD for short, and she's the founder and executive director of the nonprofit organization Remember the Girls. Now, Remember the Girls aims to break the stigma facing females impacted by X-linked conditions by providing them with tools to seek support, engage with research, and access family planning options, as well as by advocating for increased attention of medical professionals to the physical, emotional, and reproductive needs of the community. Thank you also so much for joining us today, Taylor. Thanks, Ben. I'm really excited to be here for this conversation. Well, it is it is a genuine honor, and I'm glad, so glad you took the time. Thank you. Um, well, look, to start, Taylor, um, let's let's have everybody, you know, find out a little bit more about you. Can you tell us about your story and, and the effect that genetics have had on your life? Of course. So genetics has had a huge impact on my life and my family's life. When I was three years old in 2001, my dad, Jack, was diagnosed with a rare genetic disease called adrenoleukodystrophy, or ALD for short. Um, it was pretty out of the blue. You know, we had no idea that this disease was in our family. Um, he didn't know that his mother was a carrier of the disease. So it was a really big shock. And at the time, my family was told basically two things. They were told that ALD had no treatment and no cure and that my dad would pass away in the next couple of years. And that ALD is an X-linked disease, which means that I was a carrier. Um, I'm called what's an obligate carrier. Um, and this basically means I'm a 100% carrier. So with an X-linked disease, when a male has an X-linked disease and he has a daughter, males always pass their one X chromosome to their daughters, which means that any daughter that my dad had, so me and my sister, um, we inherited that X chromosome that has a mutation. So my family knew that I was a carrier of this disease from a young age. Um, I actually didn't go through genetic testing until just a few years ago, uh, simply because we were always told, you know, there's there's no need because, you know, I was- it's 100%. 100%. But I did go through testing um, a few years ago, um, just under the direction of my genetic counselor, because she felt that 
it would be useful for me to have my variant like in my medical record. And also because I plan to eventually pursue in vitro fertilization with pre-implantation genetic testing or IVF with PGT. And when I eventually do that, which I'm only 24 now, so that's probably not going to be for a long time, but um, I will need to have my exact variant. So she's like, why don't you just get tested now? Um, and so I went through that process a couple of years ago, but um, my, my dad passed away about two years after his diagnosis um, when I was five. And you know, ever really since that day, my family's entire life has been sculpted by genetics and by this, you know, one tiny mutation that um, caused ALD. And we now know that my grandmother was a carrier and that she actually did pass it down to all four of her children. Um, my my aunt is a carrier. She had passed away from cancer um, a long time ago, but my dad obviously had the disease as did his identical twin brother who started experiencing symptoms a few years after my dad did. And then my uncle, uh, my dad's brother had a different version, a different phenotype of the disease that um, is less severe. Um, so, yeah, after my dad's diagnosis, you know, over the years, things really just started unraveling. And um, we don't really know above my grandmother, like where this disease came from, but mm -hmm. um, ALD goes into my extended family as well. So, you know, when you see these genetic diseases, um, especially ones like that are X-linked or autosomal dominant, like you really find them all, th all throughout one side of the family. And that's definitely the case with, with my dad's side of the family. Wow. So it really was kind of the trigger point of your dad. And then it just opened a whole can of worms of then going, okay, how far does this go? Yeah, exactly. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, look, I mean, it, it, an interesting point there, right, with with the X-linked um, uh, factor that, that you didn't actually need the, the genetic testing at all. You could actually predict that. But, I mean, fascinating how, how having to get that in your medical record has also actually affected your future plans. Yeah, well, I, I kind of have two thoughts on that. Um, the first one is I actually feel quite lucky that I, my family knew from a young age that I was a carrier and that I didn't have to get through confirmatory testing because I know, you know, so many families where the mother is the carrier, which means her daughter has a 50% chance um, that she's also a carrier and, you know, they have to try to fight to access genetic testing, even if the daughter is you know, in her late teens and says she's ready to be tested. Um, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit more later when we talk about access, but mm. families really have to fight to get this testing done. So I feel really lucky that my family just kind of knew, like from a young, you know, when I was three, that I had this gene and that there was no question. Um, so I feel lucky for that. But that also causes a really big disparity in the excellent community because, I've known I was a carrier from a really young age, mm -hmm. but imagine if my mom was the one with the ALD gene, then I would have had to go through my childhood and teenage years with the uncertainty of not knowing if I was a carrier or not, because I would have struggled to access that genetic testing as, as so many other potential carriers do. Um, but another point I wanted to touch on is, um, I feel like weirdly enough, I was actually excited to get um, my testing done because I guess just knowing, you know, my whole life that ALD has impacted me, but now actually yeah. 
seeing on the physical record, like my variant that I inherited from my dad. And it actually like made me feel closer to him. You know, he's been gone for almost 20 years, but in a weird way, I was kind of like, almost just like how I have light eyes. Cause he had like light eyes. I have this gene that came from him. Like it made me feel close to him in like a weird in a weird way, but I think that that feeling is is very valid. So the genetic testing experience was really positive for me in that way. Look, it's it's really interesting to hear that a lot of the patients that we talk to, um, you know, talk about the 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 effect of getting, I guess we could call it a diagnosis, but you know, having the genetic testing and the answers that that puts kind of in black and white. You know, it puts it on paper and and the profound kind of experience that is. And interesting hearing that from you as well, who knew, right? That was all there for you, but still kind of receiving the um, the remarkable, I guess, emotion of 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 having that quantified. That must be quite something. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, look, Peter, I'm I'm interested. Um, last time, of course, we were speaking about genetics um, and how it can close the gap as well. And we were talking about, you know, expanding on some of these thoughts. Is what Taylor's talking about kind of echoing some of your experiences and examples of um, the benefits of genetic testing? Or, or have you had a different experience with patients? Or what are your thoughts? No, I have to fully chime in. And, and Taylor, I think it's really a very important story to tell that, uh, of course, this piece, piece of paper that gives evidence on the presence of something that you can't find with other means is so important because it is kind of really solid to to make decisions and uh, be then as well robust in uh, uh, doing so. And uh, you, you touched on it. Uh, of course, uh, we learn uh, many cases where such a testing is then only done when the pregnancy is there and then you have time pressure and the risk of going things going wrong is much higher. So therefore, I think uh, it's a, a well-needed initiative to say uh, what is uh, an obligate carrier to be set behind others that are unknown carriers. So uh, we, we shouldn't we shouldn't go there. Uh, when I think it through, uh, and uh, the X-linked adrenoleucal dystrophy is, I think still, uh, and maybe you will comment on that as well, Taylor. Uh, easier because uh, uh, in other X-linked disorders, you still are a little bit uncertain whether your fitness, your health is really lasting the whole life. And we see that in Duchenne uh, carrier women, and we see it as well in uh, a disease we looked a look into, which is Fabry disease, where even symptoms can be very mild, but uh, you, you don't... It, you are not sure to expect a healthy life. Well, nobody's sure for that. I think uh, even more there, uh, of course, uh, the knowledge about uh, these uh, details and uh, as well an uh, awareness is so important to to get the right impression and then as well to cope with kind of the family history and kind of what you could call fate, but on the other side, drive as well others to not neglect that uh, this is not a stigma, this is an opportunity as well to work with and it should be handled like that. That's that's my take there. And, and maybe Taylor, really, you might to, uh, tell me us um, the fact that this is a disease where your father or dad died of and you now have the same mutation. How does this feel like if you look into the future? So is there any anxiety or is it just um, you, you feel safe because you know from as well the reference of uh, the literature and all these families that have a similar uh, risk or uh, 
course, uh, rare disease uh, that this give you a confidence in that? Yeah, that is a really great question. Um, so with ALD, you mentioned Duchenne and Febre. ALD is, is similar to a lot of other X-linked diseases where females are at a risk for symptoms. Um, in the ALD community, it's it's actually very common. About 90% of females in our community eventually experience symptoms. Thankfully, they're not at the level of severity as, as males do, which is often the case for most X-linked conditions. Um, but, you know, I know many women with ALD who have symptoms that are still very severe, you know, that cause them to lose the ability to walk, to manage their bladder and bowels, um, and that completely impact their quality of life. So I, growing up, you know, I was, I was assured that, oh, I was just a carrier and I was told that, you know, the only way ALD would impact me was when I eventually wanted to have kids, but over the last decade or so, it's really unraveled that in many X-linked diseases that this is really not the case and that females are actually at risk for symptoms. So it's something that, of course, I also had to consider. Um, and, you know, when I think of the future, I don't really feel that much anxiety. I, maybe it's just because I've been involved in this community for so long and I am close to so many other women with ALD that... I see their drive to push forward research um, on our symptoms, and it makes me feel a lot more secure when I think of myself aging and getting into my 40s or 50s, which is usually when women start experiencing these more serious symptoms. I really do feel like that there's going to be more options for me then. Um, I'm also personally involved in research. I'm in an observational study. Um, even though I don't have any symptoms now, I just want to do whatever I can. Um, to try to advance research, you know, so by the time I get to that age, and of course, all the other females that are impacted by ALD, that, you know, we could have an option to treat our symptoms if they do arise. Um, as, as far as like family planning goes, that's one thing that I've, I've always felt very secure about. Um, from a young age, I knew that I wanted to go through um, IVF with PGT. I have a cousin um, who's also a carrier um, she's the daughter of my dad's identical twin brother, um, and she's gone through IVF with PGT. And so from a young age, I, I felt only happy knowing that when I wanted to have kids eventually, that I would be able to have kids and that I could have a son who wouldn't have to go through what my father went through. And so I think there is a you mentioned the word stigma. There's a ton of stigma when people say, oh, you know, girls shouldn't know their carriers. It's way too emotionally disturbing. I've heard that word for word, that it's too emotionally wow. disturbing. My life, and I, I know I'm just speaking on my own perspective, but my life has not been negatively impacted by the knowledge that I'm a carrier. It's only benefited. I cannot imagine if I found out when I was older, I think that would have completely changed the way that I embraced my genes. Like knowing when I was seven or eight years old, it's just, it's been a part of me and it's, it's not something that I can change. So it's just something that I've learned to not only accept, but something that, you know, empowers me to advocate and be involved in research. Exactly. I mean, how much more that you're able to do and actually make informed decisions now, right? I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Like I can't, Imagine if if I was like getting ready to have kids and like only found out then yeah. or like you mentioned, if I was already pregnant, I just I can't imagine like how how scary that that would be. Mm. 
Like I know all the ins and outs of IVF with PGT. Like when I eventually do it, you know, I, I know exactly what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't imagine like getting a curveball right before, you know, you want to have kids or when you're already pregnant and having to scramble to make decisions and not really having time to think about what you want to do and what's best for you and your family. So look, in the interest of that and kind of on the benefits of of knowing in advance, right, is genetic testing something that we think healthy or, or asymptomatic individuals should be looking into? Or does genetic testing resource need to be more focused on patients who have already been identified? Like, what do you guys think about that? I think that genetic testing and carrier screening should be way more publicly available and accessible and people should be encouraged to go through it. Um, I'm a really big advocate for carrier screening and Mm -hmm. for um, women, but also men going through carrier screening before they start family planning, because, you know, with a lot of these diseases, X-linked or autosomal recessive, you know, even now, a lot of the women with ALD that I meet still didn't know they were a carrier until they only had a son who was diagnosed. So it's not like that you know, it's something that, of course, we know because if it run in, runs in our family, we must know. That's just not the case. You see ALD running in families from woman to woman to woman. And even though if the the mother, say the grandmother have, have symptoms, they've gone their whole life being misdiagnosed because there's this idea that women don't have ALD. So if a woman's presenting with symptoms, unless there's a man in the family that has ALD, mm-hmm. a woman is not likely to get an ALD diagnosis. So it's still really common that females with the ALD gene don't know their carriers. And that's true for so many other you know, conditions, especially with autosomal recessive conditions like cystic fibrosis or sickle cell. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, in those conditions, you know, you both partners would need to be carriers in order to, you know, have an affected child. But it's just... I feel like society is just is I think getting more accepting of like understanding your genetic information, but I think there's still a really big fear. Like, for example, um, I'm not saying that anyone should like do this for genetic testing purposes, but a bunch of my friends have done 23andMe, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know you can do carrier screening if you want to, and none of all of my friends opted out of it except for me. Wow, and I'm like. How, like, why? Like, and yeah. their argument is sort of like, I don't want to know, like, it's too scary. And I, I understand that, but like, it's way more scary having a child who has a terminal genetic disease mm-hmm. that you either could have taken steps to prevent or that you could be prepared for when they're born. Like with ALD, you know, you need to know that you have ALD before you have symptoms. Otherwise, it's too late to get a stem cell transplant or now gene therapy that just got approved by the FDA. Like, you need to know this information. Like, even if it's scary, like, you need to know it. But even if it's scary, like, there are resources out there that can help you handle the information. Like, you're not alone. Like, there's genetic counselors. There's various support groups. Remember, the girls is one of them. Like, mm-hmm. a woman with an X-linked disease doesn't have to be as scared because she can come to our community and see that there's over a thousand of us who have walked in her shoes, and like, she's not alone with this information, and that we're here to help her and find the resources that she needs. One of the things that you, you mentioned there, Taylor, was was really interesting about you know the 
the gender disparity there between, you know, males are going to be more assumed that, and I can only imagine that a lot of women or females are, are going through stepwise testing before they necessarily get to that. Um, look, Peter, your opinion, like, again, a lot of this comes down to resource, as I imagine, for genetic testing. Like, should this just be something that, that we, we step white to? Well, Ben, I think really uh, if we cannot afford carrier testing in families, and genetic is always a familial topic, it's not an individual topic, uh, I think we have the wrong concept. And uh, I think to advocate, to push for the availability is very important because otherwise you even run into problems where you could have known something from the family history or from uh, tests that have already been done. Mm -hmm. That's one part. Uh, but uh, I think, Taylor, you're right. Of course, the, the carrier screening, uh, we know it in uh, uh, populations with high carrier risk, which is, for example, the Ashkenazi Jewish. Uh, it would be so uh, a tremendous um, disadvantage if that would not be established. And it is in Israel. And if you know about your ethnicity, you will go for tests just to to, to learn about the most common uh, risks that uh, are enriched in those populations. And to do that uh, with a rational approach in other populations, in the Caucasians or the European and uh, others, I think there's a lot of value because, uh, as, as Taylor, you said, uh, the, the fact that uh, you would face uh, your child being born with a disease that you have never known about, you could not know about, but now you have to kind of uh, cope with it uh, going forward uh, without an option to know. I think we, we were advanced uh, behind that. And uh, then uh, listening again to you, Taylor, it's still a lot of education to be done that uh, those that feel healthy and don't have any uh, connection to rare diseases still know, yeah, but that's that's the game. It's hidden and it yeah. can nonetheless happen. Yeah, like those yeah. are the people who need to be being getting carrier screening and genetic exactly. testing because yeah. like those are the yeah that's where the disconnect is because yeah. it's these these people who are healthy they have no known family history and I feel mm. like they get presented by. You know, I don't know their OBGYN like, oh, do you want to do this test? Even in the I don't in the U.S. at least um, most women are offered carrier screening, but it's only for three diseases. So expanded carrier screening panels are like not still haven't picked up a ton of steam um, while, you know, that's something that I and a lot of other people advocate for. But I think that still like it's not uncommon for, you know, person to turn down that carrier screening because they simply don't understand that they're the they think that they would know if they were a carrier or something yeah, yeah. and like it's just that's not that's simply not the case like you could smell it you can't smell it yeah? hmm. it's yeah. it's just completely hidden yeah and that, that's something where we have to educate i i, I fully agree and then uh, ben you touched of course resourcing this costs money clearly but uh hmm. What is kind of uh, the alternative? I think sooner or later, and it's on us to bring down costs that this is available. And uh, one is cost, the other is availability, just to have as well the capacities and the quality and interpretation. So we should not do it and have then wrong results and uh, concerns about things that are technical and kind of could have solved by the lab. But on the other side, uh, if you enable people for informed decisions, 
I think that's uh, the way I see uh, modern uh, precision medicine anyway. So mm. it should be the patient to drive uh, everything around his personality, his body, his health, and this is part of it. Yeah. So, so look, just to combine those two, Taylor, you mentioned that there were there were three options in the states, right? So let's let's use this as the test case. If you were to walk in to your to your family doctor and and you were taking control of your existence and you said, "Look, I I, I want to find out more. Um, what is what does this process look like? What is the the menu of three? Who's paying? Like, what are you going through with that process?" Yeah. So it. Definitely is different per person um, based on what insurance you have. Um, if you're insured, obviously, you guys know that the healthcare system in the U.S. is very complicated and mm -hmm. very complex. Um, for me, in my personal experience, even though I have a family history um, and have been seeing this genetic counselor for years and um, have really good health insurance, I still had to pay a few hundred dollars out of pocket um, thankfully, I could afford that, but if someone couldn't, that would obviously turn them away from, you know, getting a test. It's mm. as simple as that. Um, something that also very, very frequently happens is I see um, women in Remember the Girls who say that their teenage daughters want to get tested to confirm wh whether or not that they're a carrier. And these girls are 15, 16, 17. Um, and the insurance denies paying for the test because they say it's um, it's unnecessary because there's no reason that a girl of that age should know that she's a carrier, that it's completely mm -hmm. unnecessary. And, you know, with X-Link diseases, you know, there are certain diseases where symptoms can start presenting in females, you know, as early as when they're infants. Um, like Duchenne, for example, like there are girls who have symptoms and, you know, maybe that would help them have access to a test more easily. But it's like it's such we can't draw. I guess they try to draw these hard lines of like carrier means no testing. Well, what it means to be a carrier is so many different things. And in, in the X-Link space, we're not really your traditional carriers in the sense of being unaffected because many of us eventually are affected with symptoms. Yeah, the the options really are, you know, in the case for those families, like they would just have to pay out of pocket um, a few thousand dollars for a test and even for just a single gene test, so not something like whole exome sequencing, mm -hmm. like testing, you know, for one specific thing. Assuming you know what you're looking for, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's still a few thousand dollars, you know, to pay wow. out of pocket. So these families have to decide and then these teenage girls who want to know if they're a carrier or not are forced to just wait and to go for more years living in that uncertainty. I've actually read research that shows that for people who have this 50% chance of, of having a mutation, so, you know, X-linked diseases, autosomal dominant, um, like BRCA, for example, a lot of people actually assume that they have the gene. So they actually live their lives assuming that they have mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. And that makes me sad because, you know, if only they were able to get the test and then know for certainty whether they did or not. And if they if they knew that they didn't, you know, then they could have that weight lifted off their shoulders. Yeah, but yeah. we're told, oh, you know, you can't get the test now. You don't need to know. It's unnecessary. It's it's too emotionally disturbing to know that you're a carrier. <laughs> it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs>
when people are making those decisions for you, it just blows my mind. Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, it's, it's, it's these people who, you know, it goes back to just medical paternalism of like, yeah. mm-hmm. what we say is best because we know you best. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's absurd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the, the, the recurring themes when we, when we have conversations is, you know, listen to the parents, listen to the families because they know far more about these things than the, the individual physicians do because they're not specialists, right? The, this is a very niche area for each one of them. You know, of course, no one wants to be a carrier of a genetic disease. No one wants to have a genetic disease. So undoubtedly, there will be some negative emotions, you know, with getting genetic testing. But there can also be a lot of, you know, positive emotions like the ones I mentioned earlier, you know, that it made me feel closer to my dad, Mm. closer to my family. Um, And at the end of the day, there is support out there. Um, I really always encourage people to, you know, meet with a genetic counselor or a genetic specialist. Yeah. Before, um, any sort of testing so they can completely understand, you know, what tests they're going through, what the results might look like, but then afterwards, you know, seeking support groups to help them process this information. Um, you know, what's really common with X-linked diseases is that, woman finds out that she's a carrier, you know, after her son is diagnosed, there's often immense feelings of guilt. Um, you know, even though it's something that was out of your control, uh, heard women say, well, I gave this to my son, like, this is my fault. And, you know, those feelings, you know, are all, they're valid, but it helps to talk to other women who have, you know, gone through those feelings as well. And, you know, to hear how they've been able to cope with those feelings and, you know, sort of release themselves of this guilt and be able to have that understanding of like, they didn't do this on purpose. Like they didn't give this to their child. You know, they had this gene, they didn't know. Um, But just talking to others who are in the same situation as you, especially when you're impacted by a rare disease, Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, you need to find people who understand what it's like living in this rare world, in this rare genetic disease world. Um, so, of course, while there are downsides in, in the sense of um, the emotions that can arise, I think there's also a lot of positives. And I really do hope that, you know, the world starts to accept and get more comfortable with the thought of, you know, seemingly healthy people uh, getting genetic testing, getting carrier screening, um, because knowledge is power. And if you, you know, have the knowledge of, of your genes, um, not only can you plan for the future in terms of what symptoms you might experience or family planning, but, you know, with a lot of the research that's going on now, um, mo- for a lot of like treatments or potential treatments, it's important that they're administered as early as possible before symptoms are too severe. So, you know, in in a case like that, it would be really important for you to know that you have, you know, a certain condition, um, even if you are pre-symptomatic, because, you know, that might be the time to get a a future treatment, which would then prevent you from getting the symptoms of the disease at all. So I I definitely do see more of a movement towards this greater acceptance Mm -hmm. uh, of genetic testing. But I will admit, I definitely am, you know, sort of siloed in that a lot of my conversations are with other people who are in the same space. So 
I think one of our jobs is to just keep trying to raise awareness um, among healthcare professionals who will then, you know, share that information with their um, everyday patients, you know, that are just like normal people and don't necessarily have like a condition that they know about. I think that's the best way that we should focus on getting it out there, mm -hmm. um, in my opinion. But yeah, we have a lot of work to do for sure. <laughs> But uh, look, I think you summate really well. You know, uh, you, you never know if you're asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic. I quite, um, I quite like that. Um, well, look, I, I think we're coming up on time, but I'd really like to thank both of you, Taylor um, and Peter, for for coming in and, and chatting to us today. Um, I think this is a really important discussion to be having, and the more that we can kind of remove the stigma and and start thinking about is really important. So, look, it's really valuable to, to the team here to have both of your thoughts as, as well as our audience. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank Thanks, you Ben and Taylor. That was nice. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for the conversation. Well, that concludes this month's episode of the Inside Rare Diseases monthly podcast from Centergene, where we're on a mission for life-changing answers. I'm your host, Ben Legg, and today we were discussing the benefits of genetic testing. Join us next month for our next episode of our podcast as we continue on our mission for life-changing answers. Until then, if you'd like to find out more about rare diseases, Rare Disease Day is on February 28th. It's a day for raising awareness for patients all around the world, and you can find out more by going to www.rarediseaseday.org, where you can read patient stories, find out about events near you, and you can download assets you can share on your social media accounts all about rare diseases. Also, if you'd like to find out more about Taylor and Remember the Girls, you can find them online at rememberthegirls.org. Um, there you can find out more about X-linked conditions, including a vast amount of resources. You can find out about family planning and connect with the community that Taylor was talking about. And you can subscribe to Taylor's podcast called Collectively Coexisting. We hope that today's episode helped you see inside rare diseases a little clearer today. And if it did, you can help us help to raise awareness by telling a friend. I hope you can join us for our next episode. So until then, thank you for listening. <laughs>